Thank you. You can be seated. Well, today we're looking at the Psalms of Trust. Turn your Bible to Psalm 23. Psalm 23 was not really for the Hebrew a standout song. It really wasn't sung on the way to the temple. It wasn't sung as a temple rite. Matter of fact, Psalm 23 is kind of a phenomenon in American history. It seems that the chaplains in the Civil War would use this verse to comfort soldiers on both sides in their days of battle and their last moments on earth. And so it kind of became a uh, kind of rose in importance, I guess, in American culture because of that. And so I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 23. This psalm brings the issue of trusting God in our daily lives squarely into focus. Do we trust God? Can I trust God? Should I trust God? When I'm afraid, can I trust in God? We all face issues. We all are faced with the issues of trusting God. And we all have our doubts and times of mistrust, don't we? Now, you might as well amen. You don't have to be super spiritual this morning. Just be honest. There are times when things happen in your life, you with all the theological knowledge you have in your brain go, huh? And it just doesn't make sense. And it makes trusting hard when life doesn't make sense. But it seems to me that when life doesn't make sense, that's when we need to trust and grab on and Hang on to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the moment, at the most. We all have our moments with it. Sometimes we're kind of like the runner I heard about. And I remember a lot of you probably heard his story. It's an old story. been around a while. But the guy was running, and he was uh, running kind of up the side of a mountain, and it was very beautiful and picturesque. And he got a little close to the edge, and he, he slipped off the edge and started falling down the side of the mountain. And he grabbed one little limb, and he just started hanging on to that thing. Now, that guy is in real bad shape up there, you know. But he started hanging on to the thing, and he just started praying, God, please help me, somebody help me, anybody up there help me. He hung on for hours. His hands were getting tired. He would grip and regrip. He just knew he would plummet to his death. Finally, he started praying to God, God, if you're there, God, I promise I will stop being a sinner. I will do what you want me to do. God, I will go where you want me to go. I will be what you want me to be. Boy, does that sound familiar, huh? And he's saying, God, just help me. And the Lord spoke with his James Earl Jones voice. Do you trust me? Wouldn't it be cool if we all get to heaven and God's voice is a high tenor? You know what I mean? But he says, do you trust me? And he says, yes, Lord, I trust you. I promise I'll quit sinning and I'll quit my drinking. I'll quit my gambling and I'll quit. He said, now before we deal with all of that, I just need to know, do you trust me? Yes, help me. I trust you. Do you really trust me? Yes, Lord, I trust you. Then God said, then let go. He paused. And he said, help, is there anybody else up there I can talk to? And there are a lot of you this morning, you're barely hanging on. Financially, you're barely hanging on. Your marriage, barely hanging on. Your relationship with your children, barely hanging on. And God's word has the answer. God says you can trust him. God says he will take care of you. And all he says for you to do is let go and trust him. And we go, help, is there anybody else I can talk to? You ever find yourself there? 
hanging on that's at the end. And some of you are way out here, man. You're down to the last little twig on the branch. And can God be trusted? Some of you are facing health issues right now. And you're out there on the limb. Can God be trusted? Some of you, you don't know if you're going to have a job this time in, uh, in three months. Can God be trusted? Oh, sure, we trust him to save our soul and spiritual things. But when it comes down to the real everyday world and the world of relationships, can I trust him, the teenagers and our singles would say, to lead me to the right person? Or do I have to help God find the one he's got for me? Isn't that incredible? And so we just kind of hang on. And when God says, hey, let go, trust me, we go, help, is there somebody else I can talk to? So then we go to the self-help books in Barnes and Noble. We go to our friends, we Twitter, we blog, we tweet, we... (laughs) Trying to find somebody to help us hang on. Have you ever found out you're hanging on to the wrong things? For most of us, we hang on and we're so materialistic and if you want to draw if you want to describe the overall nature and climate of the christian church and of american culture is that we are materialistic why had the banks failed greed and greed is materialistic why did the housing market fall greed if you did a subprime mortgage thing, you knew what, the, what, what all of that was about. If you got above prime mortgage, you knew what that was about. I mean, I, mean, I mean, our whole culture is driven by this greed thing, and we hang on to that materialistic kind of branch, and we just hang on to it with all we got because we trust in our money, we trust in our things, and we trust in what we can buy and provide. And God says, uh-uh, at the end of the day, it's not what you buy, it's not what you provide, it is about trusting me have you ever heard the secure man's 23rd psalm it says something like this I am my provider I shall not be in want I've stored up hay in the, if the grass is not green in the valley I have a big canteen just in case the waters are dried up I have a map so I can find the right path. And even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I have no fear. I have a living will, my funeral paid for, and health insurance policy to provide and care for my family. I will fear no evil because I have theft alarms for, on my car, home and, pol- and on my home, and the police will be there in minutes. My accountant and my broker, they comfort me. I have prepared an investment portfolio that will put food on my table for years to come, even if my competitors should go with belly up. I've been anointed with ability and good planning. Surely income and dividends will follow me every month without fail, and I will dwell in my own house, not a nursing home, all the days of my life. And some of you are sitting there going, well, what's wrong with that? See, at the end of the day, In our culture, we say it's about the bucks. It's about the Benjamins. It's about what you got in the portfolio. God says at the end of the day, 
It's who you trust. When your life falls apart, what do you really trust? When your world comes to a shambles, what do you hang on to? What you know, what you built, what you have? Or do you hang on or do you let go and trust God in his grace? Trust God in his mercy. Trust God in his love. So we all face that issue of trust, don't we? Turn in your Bible and turn to Psalm chapter 23. Matter of fact, I want us to stand this morning as we read Psalm 23 together. So if you'll stand to your feet, the words will come up on the screen. We'll be reading out of the New International Version. And Psalm 23 says, and we're all going to read it together. This isn't one of those response things. You and I will just read all six verses together because this is just so good. Because you all, every one of us, either need greater trust or we're facing the challenges of the issue of trust. Can I trust God with my future? Can I trust God with the things I cannot see? Can I trust God with the things that I hold most dear in my heart? Teenagers go, can I really trust God with my boyfriend or my girlfriend? Singles, college careers saying, can I trust God for that right fiance, for that right one for life? Young married couples saying, man, we're starting off in the worst economic time in the history of America. Can I trust God with our future? And I'm telling you, Psalm 23 says, yes, you can can trust him but it just depends on what you hang on to and what you let go of would you read it with me it says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh i'm sorry i'm doing the king james (laughs) let me just read with you and now do let's start over the lord is my shepherd I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, they staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Be seated. You see, a psalm of trust is an interesting psalm. It expresses deep confidence in God and his goodness. And somewhere in the shadows of each of these psalms of trust... Trouble is lurking. These aren't people who who have a happy-go-lucky life. These are people who have faced the real issues and the hard experiences of life. And yet, in the hard experiences of life, in the real issues of life, they sing a psalm of trust to God. These psalms of trust are prompted by by a crisis. But generally speaking, some trouble has hit home and on some front and... They were hanging on and always to clarify the situation that provoked the statement with confidence. Psalm 23 depicts that the writer is surrounded by his enemies. You see that in verse 4 or 5. In verse 4 it talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't know the specifics of that. We're just knowing that this guy has faced, is facing some trouble, has, is facing some trust issues, and in the middle of trouble in his life, he says, when you boil it all down, I'm telling you, at the end of the day, God can be trusted. Some of you need to hear that message today. 
The message simply is, yes, you can trust him. Perhaps the psalms of trust fall into two categories. An individual psalm of trust or a community psalm of trust. It was a dec- And there's key elements in this psalm of trust. There's a, always a declaration. Little first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I like some of the paraphrases. The Lord is my shepherd. I will be content. The Lord is my shepherd. I have want of nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. Another paraphrase would say, he is my all in all. And some would translate it, the Lord is my shepherd. I have no need. And it's a double negative, but I have no need of nothing. It's just a quiet statement of fact that God is all we need. He's sufficient. You don't need to hang on to your money. You don't need to hang on to false hope. You don't need to hang on to what you were raised with. You need to let go and trust in God's care, God's goodness, and his love for you. Yes, he can be trusted. So Psalm 23 paints us two pictures. (laughs) I may get wild with this and start swinging it. Front row may have to slide back. Psalm 23 gives us two pictures of a God you can trust. He's painted in very familiar Hebrew terms. He's painted as a shepherd. Now, we don't know a lot about shepherds. Maybe a few of you may have a a sheep or two running around. I don't know. But most of us don't know anything about shepherds. It's not part of our culture. But to the Hebrew, man, when they said shepherd, everybody knew exactly what a shepherd did. And the tenderness of the shepherd. And the relationship of the shepherd and the sheep. Matter of fact, John chapter 10 says that our Lord Jesus is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep and the sheep know his voice and he knows the sheep by name. Philip Keller in a book, A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm, which is an excellent book. He lived among the shepherds in in the Middle East for quite some time or in a shepherding community for quite some time. I believe it was eight years. And so one day he put on the shepherd's outfit and took the shepherd's staff and he went out into the middle of the sheep and he would call the sheep by the name that the shepherd had given each sheep and the sheep were non-responsive. He thought the sheep were just having a bad day. So he got... Back with the shepherd, the real shepherd, changed clothes. The real shepherd walked out, called the sheep, and the sheep came to the shepherd. Why? Because there's a relationship of trust. Not only does the shepherd know the sheep, but the sheep also know the shepherd. A lot of you, the reason you hang on to a lot of junk in your life is because your relationship with God goes one way. You Expect God to know your voice, yet you do not recognize, even if you've been saved 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you still have a hard time recognizing the voice of God when he speaks to you. Ouch. Another aspect of the picture in Psalm 23 is he's our host. The imagery is of a king giving a banquet. You find that in verses Five and six. That God, that that the great king, the host king, prepared a a great feast. Now, you gotta understand, 
that, it, it, that when, a, when a Jew or a Hebrew came to your house, it wasn't like you and I coming to your house for dinner. Most of the times they lived far apart. Traveling took probably many hours because they did not have you know, a Beamer or a BMW or a Forest Fusion to drive or a Chevy Impala trying to be neutral here to everybody. And walk or camelback. And so travel many times took the bigger part of the day. So if you came to my house and I was the home, oh my goodness, I would give you a change of clothes. I would pour oil on you just to kind of sweeten you up after a hot, salty, arid, you know, kind of thing. It'd be this welcome thing. I would put on this feast for you, give you new clothes to wear for the time that you were in my house. And unlike coming to my house or going to your house for dinner, man, not only do these folks come, but they stay. Sometimes they stay a night. Many times it was three to seven days. And many times it would be up to six weeks. So I had a thought. Next time you invite me over for dinner, don't be alarmed if I bring the suitcase. That's what they did. And sitting around the banquet table, I mean, this is like a southern course meal. Sitting around the banquet table, they would talk about the news of the day. They would talk about what's going on in the outside world. They would talk about about what was important to them. Music was very important. There would be music and singing and dancing around around the host table. It was a wonderful time of love and celebration. And for the Hebrew, when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, and he's the king that hosts a banquet, now prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies, thou anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. They went, dude, that is a killer feast. What a party. And so what the psalmist is trying to tell us is, listen, you can trust God. No matter how confusing life is, no matter how complicated it may seem, no matter how many times you do the little pros and cons list, you know, and you try to make the graph to make it all make sense. If I do this and, you know, the kind of little what-if scenarios. And listen, sometimes you just kind of need to let go and say, okay, Lord, you know, you know the future way since the past, and I just trust you. I'll be smart, I'll pray, I'll listen to your voice, I'll follow your leading, but at the end of the day, God, I'm not going to trust my job, I'm going to trust you, I'm not going to trust my money, I'm going to trust you, I'm not going to trust my relationships, God, I'm going to trust you. And sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Because there's something in our culture that just screams at us, hang on! Don't let go! Because you don't know what will happen if you let go. Psalm 23 tells you what will happen. Matter of fact, you'll find three things in the Psalms that will, that will tell you what happens. And the first of all, if you trust God and follow him, that he will provide everything that you truly need. He will provide everything you truly need. Look at verses 2 and 3. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I don't know how many people I talked to this morning. Hey, how you doing? Oh, man, I am so tired. How many people are just tired this morning? Anybody? Did anybody go to bed later than 3.30? That's what time I finally went to bed last night. 
If I don't make sense today, that's why. He provides everything we need. You say, okay, you know what? I'm really not impressed with green pastures. It's because you don't have sheep. It's because you're not a sheep. It was the best grass. When he says he, he, may, he leads me to green pastures, it was the Hebrew way the psalm was singing, the writer was singing that he leads me to the very best of the very best grass. I mean, it's succulent, it's tasty, it is the very best of the best. And, and when the winter grass is, is gone, then he takes me to where the spring grasses are. And when those grasses begin to fade, he takes me to where the, the green grasses are in the summer season and in the fall season. So no matter what season of life you are, God takes you to the green pastures and he also takes you to the still waters. This is so cool. God takes you to the place where you don't have to be in a hurry. Isn't that cool? We live in a hurry world, don't we? I mean, everything is just, woo, 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 especially when we eat. <laughs> Man, I, went, I went to Free Will Baptist Bible College and we ate family style, and I think you had at that time 20 minutes to eat. Now, if you're a boy who's been used to eating mama's cooking and sitting around the table for about an hour and a half, because our, that, when we sat around our dinner table, man, we'd sit and talk and laugh and, and have a big time. About an hour, hour and a half, just depending on, on the meal, and we'd just laugh and go. So, so here I am, I'm at Bible college, and I mean, everybody starts scarfing this stuff down. Food is flying, paints are passing. I'm like, Can I have the potatoes? And it goes by. And then they ring a bell. As soon as they ring the bell, everybody gets up and leaves. Well, I didn't even have time to put the potatoes on the plate. I got so used to eating so fast. I'm not making this up. I got so used to eating so fast that the first time I went home, my, we said the prayer, said it had the food. I started eating like a madman. The doorbell rang. I got up and left. <laughs> Wouldn't you just like to have a place where you could slow it down? God says, I'll lead you to the quiet waters. Waters where there's not a hard current that'll leave you away. It's kind of a placid stream. It's, it's just a quiet place where there you can find restoration, renewal, revival for your soul. Something that goes deeper than getting eight hours of rest. Something that goes beyond just kind of building your body stamina back up through diet and exercise. It goes down to the very core of who you are. That the very thing that gives you rest, peace, and solace in your life is your relationship to the shepherd. Not your relationship to the things you hang on to. Matter of fact, you can also see that he provides everything. Look at verse 5 and 6 where he's the host. Thou preparest the table before me. He prepares the table, the food, in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And that's big in the, in the Hebrew culture. And my cup runneth over. Man, you just keep pouring in and pouring in and pouring in. And if I'm thirsty, man, you come back for more. And it's there in the food and he just provides. The problem is, is we look to what we can provide and we hang on to that. And God says, no, listen, you can trust me. Whatever it is that you're hanging on to, you can trust me. Well, the shepherd not only will provide everything you need, but the shepherd's going to guide you to where you need to go. Did you see it there in verse 3? He leads me in paths of righteousness. 
so you can be happy? Is that what it says? So you can find ultimate fulfillment in life? Is that what it says? No, it says, he leads me in the right path for his name's sake. The good translation, I like the paraphrase, he leads me in the path of his choosing for his purpose. See, we all want the path that makes us comfortable. Can I clue you in on something? God is not interested in your comfort. I didn't figure I'd get an amen there. He's already told us he'll provide the green pastures and the still waters. Man, he is interested in accomplishing his purpose in this world. You hang on to your stuff, you're going to miss it. You let go and fall in God's love because you trust him. He always gives you something better. The final picture that you would see in Psalm 23 is not only he'll provide everything you need, he'll guide you in the right way, but he'll protect you. See it in verse 4, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod was, a, was an offensive weapon. It, it, it was there to kind of the wolves or the thieves would come in. It was kind of like this big club. And man, they would just kind of hit, you know, them. And, th- and then it was also, it was also another tool of comfort it was the staff you know the thing with the big hook and 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 that thing right there various sizes and that's because if the little lamb or the sheep fell off the side of the cliff he couldn't hang on to the branch he would reach down with the hook and lift him up and pull him up and then the shepherd would kneel down and look at the sheep and make sure he wasn't injured and no legs were broken or that he wasn't cut too deeply because the shepherd cares for the sheep And many times, as we've seen the pictures all the way from the Renaissance era up to our era, the shepherd would take the sheep and drape him over his shoulder and carry him back to safety because the shepherd protects the sheep. Isn't that awesome? You know, it's kind of a little thing. I guess it's, by the time I learn a cool phrase, it's uncool to say it anymore. I just want you to know. So I'm trying to be cool. If I'm out of the cool, just laugh anyway. But you know, people say today, or they used to say, I don't know if they say it, but I've heard it said, I got you back. Is that old? The teenagers are laughing at me. Yeah. All right, so it's old, but God's got you back. <laughs> you can Trust him. See, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of you struggling with issues of trust. There's a lot of you struggling with issues, that things that you're afraid of. So whatever it is that you're afraid of, whatever wakes you up in the middle of the night that you worry about, you can trust him because he will protect you. Whatever it is that binds you to fear, keeps you tore up inside, trust God that through it, he will protect you. Let go of the fear that drives you, that you hang on to. Let go and trust God for what you cannot see because God can be trusted. A Sunday school teacher was asking his class, can anybody stand up and recite Psalm 23? And nobody raised their hand. And he said, can anybody stand up and recite Psalm 23? Nobody raised their hand. Finally, a little four and a half year old little girl got up. 
walked up to the front of the class, started to recite, and I would recite Psalm 23 the way she said it, and then she went and sat down. And she probably said it the best of anybody could ever say Psalm 23. She said, the Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I want. And she sat down. So I'm talking to a lot of you. You haven't hit that plane of life yet. You hang on to your fear. You hang on to your stuff. You hang on to your prejudice. You hang on to your whatever it is that you hang on. And God says, listen, i got a better path for you. Trust me. I've got a wonderful banquet for you. Trust me. The Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. Yes, you can trust him. One of my favorite things that I've ever read came and was really taken off of a prayer by a great preacher, Dr. S.M. Lockridge, that draws our heart to trust in Jesus Christ. And I just kind of want you to listen. And it's kind of a, a little paraphrase of Psalm 23, but then in is a style that only Dr. Lockridge can do, man, he just kind of takes it to a whole nother level. I cannot preach like Dr. S.M. Lockridge, but I'm telling you, what he says is good. He prayed it, and then he went back and put it in a message. This was part of his prayer. He said about trusting in Jesus Christ that Jesus is unparalleled and unprecedented. You can trust him because he is the centerpiece of civilization. He is the superlative of all existence. He is the sum of human greatness. He is the source of divine grace. And yes, you can trust him. His name is the only one able to save. And his blood is the only power able to cleanse. And his ear is open to every sinner's call. His hand is quick to lift the fallen soul. He's the eternal lover of us all, everyone. And yes, you can trust him. He supplies mercy for the struggling soul. He sustains the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes with the wounded and the broken. He strengthens the weak and the weary. He guards and guides the wanderer. He heals the sick and cleanses the leper. He delivers the captive and defends the helpless. And he binds up the brokenhearted. And praise God, we can trust him. Jesus is the key to all knowledge. He is the wellspring of wisdom. He is the doorway of deliverance. He is the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. And he's the gateway to glory. And thank God we can trust him. There is no gauge to measure his limitless love. There is no barrier to block his blessings outpoured. He is enduringly strong and he is entirely supreme. He is eternally steadfast and and forever faithful. He is imperially powerful and impartially merciful. He is Jesus Christ, God's son, and you can trust him. I wish I could more accurately describe him to you, but he's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible. He can't, you can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't fault him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't conquer him. And the grave, praise God, could not hold him. 
My friends, Jesus Christ, our great shepherd, is the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. He's the God of the future, and he's the God of the past. And we rise to speak his name, and again and again, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is our shepherd. He is our strength. He is our source, and he is for us. And yes, we can trust him. And God's people say, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Because some of you are really struggling with this whole faith thing. And you just really don't know if you can trust him or not. And I don't know what it is you're hanging on to. But I want you to know you can trust Jesus. For whatever that thing you hold most dear, you can trust him. Oh, I know you got to do the scary thing and let go. For some of you, it may be letting go of a life of sin. For some of you, it may be letting go of bad relationships. For some of you, it may be letting go of your own opinionated opinions and trusting the good shepherd and the good shepherd's word. I don't know what you're hanging on to. All I know is that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For he is with me. His rod and his staff. It comforts me. He graciously prepares a table for me. In the presence of all those who would oppose me, he gives me the blessing of anointing my head with oil and my cup from his goodness overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and his love and blessing will follow me all the days of my life because I will live in the house and in the presence of God forever. Some of you are struggling and you don't have a clue if your marriage is going to survive the winter. Some of you don't know if what you're involved in, you don't know if it's going to make it till spring. And I cannot predict your future. All I know is if you let go of what you hang on to and trust God, our great shepherd, he'll lead you in right paths. You can Trust him. So Mike's going to begin to play just a little song. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those who are really battling this issue of trust in God right now. For whatever it is, whether it's health or mental, physical, financial, for whatever it is. And maybe you would just right where you're at, you would just raise your hand and say, Pastor, man, I am just really struggling with this whole issue of trust and faith and, and really trusting in God. And there are some things I got to let go of. Man, would you pray for me? Nobody's looking around, I promise. I don't know if anybody's going to raise their hand. I don't know if everybody's going to raise their hand. I just know that sometimes we all struggle with it and we all need to do better with it. And I wonder if you're here and you just say, Pastor, pray for me. Just raise your hand. Just raise it and put it right back down. Many of you have raised your hand and many more. Just raise it quickly. And put it right back down. Would you stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? Would you trust him? 
If you need to come forward and pray and just kind of let that be a letting go time, let go. But let me pray for you, our Heavenly Father. Father, I pray for everyone who raised their hand. It's easy to hang on to what we've always hung on to because that's all we've known to hang on to. But we've got to let go and trust you. And we can't trust you. So, Father, for those that raise their hands, I pray this is a time of response, whether it's at their seat or whether it's at the altar. ourselves to your way, your path, your still waters, your table, your anointings, your blessing. All the days, all the days of our life, God speaking to your heart, why don't you just come and pray? God speaking to
how I think I'd like to end the service. And if you want to come and pray, you keep coming and you keep praying. like for our final prayer to be all of us reciting Psalm 23. And then when we get to the end, say amen. And because others are coming and praying around the altar, some want to just hang around the green pastures and some want to linger beside unhurried by the still waters. That's fine. They'll resume singing the song that we were just singing. you to know that no matter what you're facing, you can trust our Lord and our God is not a God who sits off away from us in a distant realm. He is a God who is intimately involved in your life, and you can trust Him. Would you read it with me one more time? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup, it overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we the people of God say, Amen. If you want to stay in sync, stay in sync. If you want to come and pray, come and pray. God bless you.